Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve on the PBSC podcast. This is episode 191. Uh, this, uh, this came in from uh, the partner of uh, a porn sex addict. She basically described a whole big situation. And in essence, uh, what she's got, and this was, this was all too familiar to me and Steve as we looked at it. It's like, oh, that sounds familiar. Mm. Essentially what happens is, is when this guy is in a good place where he's not acting out in his addiction, she says he's, he's the sweetest. He's open. He's considerate. He's a really great guy. But when he's active in his addiction, she says, everything is my fault. Mm. Um, she says he's been addicted to porn and sex probably his whole, close to his whole life. Uh, and she says he's aware that there's all sorts of issues underlying all of that. Um, but she says, would you, would you please do a podcast on how it is not your partner's fault that she's not a porn model and that that's the reason for all of your struggles. (laughs) Mm. It's not her behaviors when your addiction has always been there. Right. And yeah. that now she she is the partner of a of a porn or sex addict is being blamed for all of his stuff, mm. um, and that he makes excuses that you know she hasn't been attentive enough or hasn't they haven't had sex enough or whatever else are the reasons why he keeps going back to these you know these pornography or, or sex addiction outlets is because of her. Uh, she says, maybe you could touch on uh, how addicts uh, get trapped in self-pity. Um, she says, thank you for all you do. This is, this is the first really applicable podcast I've heard about all these kinds of issues. Uh, and so we really appreciate her, her feedback. She talks about how our podcast has been a huge relief for her in her life. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, uh, like I say, you and I could resonate really well with that. When you're yeah. 
We call it Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And when we are in Mr. Hyde mode uh, in our addictions, our entire personalities change. And now all of the stuff is being heaped back upon our partners. Yeah. She didn't do this. She did that. If this was different, if that was better, right? Anything but owning our side of the street and accepting our role in what's screwing up our lives as addicts instead of, you know, moving all the blame shift over, you know, over to our partners. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, 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 I'm, you're hearing my hmms and my haws. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking at this just cause it is, it's uh it, it's very relatable. And, uh, you know, we, we, it's no secret, you know, addicts, you know, every, every, every guy that Mark and I work with, every person that we work with, we do work with some women as well that are addicts as well. Uh, but, but mo- most of those who struggle with addiction or compulsion of some sort de- definitely carry some common, uh, you know, characteristics and traits. And a lot of those stem from what the addiction feeds in the first place, right? Ad- addiction, yes. as we talk about on here often, is so much tied into escape and to medication, right? In some way, shape, or form, we're trying to take rather than, you know, as the 12 steps teach living life on life's terms, we utilize other outside factors, you know, in this case, you know, sexual compulsion, sexual acting out being one of the prime methodologies as a way to uh, avoid, as a way to numb out, as a way to emotionally regulate. And that is also accompanied with a lot of other thinking errors that further that ability to escape both stress, responsibility, those kinds of things. And and she talks about all these in her earlier on in her, her message, which was quite lengthy about, you know, he struggles with any sort of accountability, uh, always has an excuse, right, for anything. Anytime there's an issue in the relationship, it always seems to kind of come back to her. And so it, it is difficult when you are both as an addict in this situation and as the partner of one, because as most of the couples that we work with find out, even though it's very common for guys or, or even coupleships to come to us and say, hey, fix the sex addiction and we'll be better. It doesn't take most couples very long to figure out that pre- or pretty early on in the process that that, that that symptomology, that addiction symptomology, even though that does need work itself, these underlying issues and the other causes that, that really drive a lot of those external behaviors uh, need just as much, if not more attention. And so take on addiction is to take on a whole host of things. Well, and, right? I, and I love that you just said that because what, here's what becomes really super frustrating for both, for both the, the addict or the compulsive and their partner, right? So when life is pretty smooth, fairly good, things are going kind of good. My work's going kind of good. You know, there's not really any big stuff going on. I find that I'm pretty stable. Um, mm. Dr. Jekyll you know, and, and, you know, no big deal. Kind of, kind of sailing, you know, fairly successfully through life. But what happens when something is stressful, something is difficult, something is challenging. Uh, my partner, my partner, she's, you know, she's not in a good space emotionally, or she's having some struggles of her own, or, I mean, there's just any host of innumerable things that basically come into our current life that disrupt the smooth process. And then what do I do as a, as an addict? This, this podcast is not a jump on the back of addicts. It's very important that one of the things that we really talk in depth about is 
this is all about what we learned as our coping style or our coping strategies early on in life. When things got really hard because of, in some cases, abuse as kids or trauma or not being accepted by peers or just different kinds of hard life growing up, you know, life being what it is for kids and teens. Somewhere along the way, we learned that the way to self-soothe, medicate, escape, avoid, deal with, cope with hard life is to go to these outlets. And in the case of me and Steve, we learned really early on as kids that the, the powerful place that we turned to for a host of reasons was, was the pornography and sexual outlets. Yeah. And when you learn that and you learn it really well, it becomes your go-to place. That's how you learn to cope. Now, years or decades later, you're in this relationship with another human being. And when some little part of life gets hard, you run back to your old coping place, which is an extreme betrayal to your partner. And so now she starts to stand up, speak her truth, hold her ground, try to tell you this is hurting me. This is betraying me. Well, that's the last thing that your coping brain wants to hear. She's interrupting the coping process. She's getting in the way of me going back to my age-old, dependable, reliable way to self-soothe and deal with life. And that part of my brain doesn't like the fact that she's getting in the way. And so now I'm going to put all of it back on her. That's what's happening here. Well, and I think what complicates the issue too is that, you know, this this overall focus on sex and sexuality, right, as a as a means for coping, as a means for gaining affirmation, as a means for being enough and feeling enough, you know, it's 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 very common for this to have for, for, for that to expand, you know, probably where this you know before you know, this this addiction was present as she indicates this in the email far before, you know, they ever got together. But now she has been co-opted for lack of a better term into the addiction itself because he's now looking to her right to be that outlet right but the problem is is what we know about addiction right there are there there are many kind of truths that focus that 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 center on the nature of addiction and how it works in the brain and one of those is that whether you're talking chemical addiction or sex addiction or alcoholism whatever you whatever you may be referring to it there is no such thing as enough Right, there is no such thing as adequate. Uh, addiction is ever expanding, and the brain requires more and more of whatever it is it's seeking to continue to achieve progressive highs or progressive levels of escape, uh, or or med- or medication, for lack of a better term. Well, and, and we actually had this come up in our our Dare to Connect session today with our addicts. Uh, yeah, we did Addict Monday. What came up? Uh, this concept of what what are known as love languages. Right. How do I feel loved in my life? And there's, uh, I don't know if you guys listening are familiar with Gottman and, and his research on this, but uh, physical touch is a love language, words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, uh, gifts. Those are all ways that I can receive love. Well, what's happened to all of us that struggle with pornography and sexual addiction? <laughs> we very much developed as a love language everything associated with sexual touch sexual imaging, sexual desirability, someone pursuing us sexually, that all kind of got wrapped into how we feel affirmed or safe or soothed or, or, or the way we cope, the way, we're, the way we're loved, if you want to just break it down. 
Well, and it goes far beyond even the way we're loved. It's the way that we're enough. The way right? we're enough. Yeah. It's, it's what makes us adequate. And so, yeah. And, and, and we did, we had a great discussion about that because that preoccupation component is, it, you know, that, that it manifests in all these ways, including very much how, how this, uh, this partner is describing, right? She feels like she can't have conversations with her husband about anything because it all comes back to her inadequacies, which usually ties into some level of, I'm not happy in this marriage because we're not sexual enough or you're not doing enough or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, she talks, she also mentions this self-pity dynamic, this shame dynamic that, that she sees her husband struggle with. That's the other element that makes it so hard, I think, to navigate, or one of the other elements that makes it so hard for a coupleship to navigate is because not only do we have this compulsion and this codependency, if you will, on, on the addiction itself, on the behaviors and, and some of the other, you know, the, the character deficits that we were just talking about. But then on top of that, you have, uh, you have an addict because of uh, the lack of self-worth, because of the lack of self-affirmation, because of his inability to healthily self-soothe and self-regulate and to uh, cope with life in an externally healthy way, um, he also carries this deep sense of shame, right? Which, which shows up when these needs are not met the way that his brain wants them to be met. And so you kind of have this two, uh, this two, uh, two headed serpent, if you will, that you're facing off with where everything's the partner's fault. But if there's any pushback to that, it's very common to Mark and I, we very much both did this. I know I did. Uh, you know, when there's any kind of pushback, there's either that heavy resistance or sometimes that other, the other extreme will show up that shame of I'm no good, I'm useless, I'm worthless, nothing will ever change, this is hopeless shows up, right? And those two extremes tend to be what operate in the room. And that middle ground of taking accountability and being able to change, which has also been another big focus on, on Dare to Connect this month, um, as we wrap up codependency over the last several months that we've been focusing on, uh, you know, that, that, that healthy place is completely skirted. And so we have this incredibly difficult situation where this wife is just feeling perpetually like she is never enough, is not able to keep up and meet these needs, which is, which is actually true. And so I think the first thing that we want to say to this partner is, and I think she's already connecting with this, but just it's important for every partner out there to hear this. It is not your job to, to meet every sexual women want of your, of, of your partner who struggles with addiction. Um, for multiple reasons, but probably the most primary one to cover one cover on here for sake of time is that there is no such thing as enough for an addict. Again, right? There will always be another hill to climb. There will always be another behavior to pursue. There will always be another something that is just missing that if the addict can just get that one thing, that'll be the holy grail that will complete his collection of whatever that will now make this thing whole. As, as the 12 steps teach, right? We're constantly crying out, asking for the world to make us whole when really what we need to be doing is cultivating that within ourselves. And, and those externals, whether it's from a spouse or anyone else, they, without proper recovery and without proper healing and, and the right work, it, it will just never be enough. Well, because here, I mean, here was a, <clears throat> a concept. In fact, I remember an early mentor used this word with me. And boy, did I go into resistance and anger mode and then self-pity mode when he used this. He said, Mark, you need to decide if you're willing to look at the fact that there are some areas of your personality that are immature, right? Here I was, I think I, I was in like my 40s when he was trying to help me see that. And somebody's daring to call me immature. 
I'm an adult. I'm an mm. man, you know, screw you. But what he was saying was, Mark, because of the, because of the trauma, the difficulties, the challenges, the whatever's that you faced as a kid, and because unfortunately you were introduced by your sexualized culture to porn and sex and all these outlets as your way to cope, guess what happened? You never matured in your abilities to meet life on life's terms. You learn to just skate around all of it by turning to these powerful outlets. And so you've now become an adult that never, quote, matured in those important ways. You didn't develop the coping skills. You didn't develop the, the tools and the abilities to self-regulate and self-manage your own emotions and your own, your own ways of thinking. Now you're looking to your spouse or your partner to fill that gap for you. She cannot fill that immaturity gap. You've got to decide if you're now willing to look at and do the work that you skipped doing when you were growing up. And that's, yeah. not, that's not to shame addicts or to jump on all of your backs or to tell you that you're losers or inadequate or whatever. It's just to say, we have holes in us. There are gaps in us that for, in a lot of ways weren't our fault, but they, but they are what they are. And when I finally faced the fact that I had not matured in some really key factors and in, in key areas of my life, and I was looking to my wife to fill all of that for me, only when I faced that and then started to do the hard work of facing and maturing in those ways did I start to make really good progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very difficult situation. And so, so, you know, as far as the solution piece goes, right, how does this, how does this change? Right. That the first is, 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 uh, and we, you know, we know we've mentioned it a couple of times on here, but we, we focus on these types of issues in, in our dare to connect program all the time. Uh, a 20 to 30 minute podcast once a week, uh, it can be helpful and we hope it is for all of you, but it's simply not enough to really dig into and address issues that, uh, that, that come up in this complicated area of addiction. If you have not given dare to connect a, a, a chance or a shot, we would encourage you to take advantage of the two week free trial. You can find it dare to connect now.com. Uh, we'd love to have you come join us because there is, there is so much to be done and, and so many different areas of focus that need to be, that need to be happening in, in terms of a healthy recovery. But if you look at just kind of some of the, the basics here, where that's going to need to go is <clears throat> kind of where we've been going on the, on our dare to connect program for the last while, which is this healthy accountability space. As long as an addict is in a place of, of adopting a rigid paradigm of, you know, uh, this perseveration of all good things flow through not just sex, but all, all good things flow from the outside rather than from being cultivated internally, there will be a perpetual dissatisfaction, not just in the relationship, but in that, but in that addict's life. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as we keep saying it, it's all about all of those people out there, all these external sort, you know, forces and situations and scenarios, when the whole time it's all about what's in here. But we've, but we've become over years or decades so good at, at, at skirting and avoiding and stepping around that internal looking at things, Right. Can I be account able? Can I be response able for all the things going on around and in me? Or am I always going to look to external sources, external people to put it all on? Mm -hmm. We've got to get to that internal space. We've got to get to, I'm going to look at me 
I'm going to own my side of the street, right? I'm going to do my work. I'm not a victim. I'm not in a self-pity place. I'm in charge of my own destiny, right? We, we spent extensive time in Dare to Connect on the drama triangle. We go into victim role. And what do we want to do instead? We want to go into creator role. I'm, in, my, I'm the captain of my own ship. It's mm-hmm. a big part of this process. Absolutely. And so there, there has to be that shift. And for, for the spouse out there, um, one of the potential topics that may be coming up for Dare to Connect this next month is going to be all about boundaries. Yes. Um, it's been a much requested topic on the Dare to Connect program. And we, it, it's like one of my personal favorite topics. So we're excited to dive in there. If you feel like that's something that you could benefit from, again, please give that a trial. We'd love to come have you, have you join us in that as we jump into that dynamic. And then the other side of that, again, is going to be the accountability piece for this guy. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, only, 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 this, uh, only this gentleman, only the husband here can, can make that choice of being open enough to that process. And our experience has taught us that, you know, uh, external consequences have a way of bringing, of bringing that up. And we would encourage the spouse to keep doing her very best, right. To, to, to continue to hold those boundaries and, and to say, look, I, you have the right to your own paradigm and your own way of thinking, but I cannot own your happiness. Uh, I can't own your sexual happiness and satisfaction. I can't own your emotional healthiness and satisfaction. I, in a marriage, I signed up to be a support to you, not a, not a wheelchair. That's, that's not my job. That's not, it's not within my capacity to do, even if I had the inclination. Yeah. Um, relationships function optimally when we're both emotionally standing on our own two feet and seeking to have our needs cultivated and met internally and through our own healthy coping mechanisms first with our partners supplementing that, not the other way around. Exactly. Oh, that's, exactly. that's really where I think the rubber meets the road on this, but we so appreciate all of you, uh, reaching out to us and, and for the submissions we get every week, we really do connect and feel with the pain and the frustration that so many of you, both addicts and partners feel. Um, we would love to help in any way that we can, please come on over at uh, dare to connect now.com. We'd love to have you come join us. Both of us have very full clinics right now. We know we get a lot of reach outs about individual therapy. Uh, we are both currently booked, but uh, for the price of a couple of therapy sessions, we'd love to have you come join us. You can get input from both of us on a live interactive level. Uh, for you know, uh, twenty five hours a month of content, we'd love to have you come and come and access that. So yeah, and um, if you have questions for us, uh, you can go to pbsepodcast.com. Yes. By the way, you heard us mention boundaries. We've done a lot of podcasts on boundaries. If you go to the pbsepodcast.com website and click on the blog, you can go into the search feature and just put the word boundaries in to the search feature in the blog there, and you'll have lots of former podcasts on boundaries come up. Absolutely. Your partners are trying to, trying to look at how to do that. So awesome. All right, guys, we'll have a great rest of your day or have a great rest of your week and we will uh, see you next time. All right. Take care. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.